Let's get it popping. This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. You know what I'm saying? I can keep the Balenciagas, keep the fucking Versace's, keep them wild ass motherfucking machines on your feet, boy. I'm going to be comfortable and have durability, bitch. So if a nigga try to run up on me, what? What? You see the grip of these bit? Fans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, the bunt with Safer and Donovan. Hey man, we are getting in to the final stretch of the season here. This is when the bangers come out. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. We got Ants one behind the scenes as usual. It's a cool thing. Still, still. Ghost, tell them what we're working with. Yeah, we had to take it back to my hometown. You know, real special place. Find a real special individual to get on the pod. None other than our brother Hugo Balek instant classic you know what i'm saying throw th- three homies in uh, studio e and you know it's gonna be a barn burner pleasure to have hugo on then we taking y'all to the post office and of course closing it out with the rundown shit cuz got some nba free agency we might have to touch on this week bro oh yeah shit popped it shit it went crazy make sure to follow us on instagram at the bunt live subscribe on youtube at the bunt live and then head over to our patreon patreon.com slash the bunt we out here doing it for y'all the people and if you're lucky there might be a couple hats left up on the buntlive.com web store head over there before it's too late this shout out of the week time what are we working with uh this week it's simple i mean we were just talking about sodi and all that but if for whatever reason the people at thrasher decided to go the, the route of blasphemy and not electing Mason Sodi. I got two words for you. Brandon Turner. Holy shit. The switch hard flip heard around the world. <laughs> Did he just put his name? Oh god. I'm not even gonna go there. Bro, I got I got no words for that shit, man. I got a little heel bruise the other day, just like bunting. A little bunt thing and like I'm feeling it days later. The man's 39 years old, jumping down Wallenberg. Like he's officially entered the realm of not human. So a uh, big shout out to Brandon Turner, bunt alumni, and uh, that shout out of the week all day. Brother, one of the funniest and best interviews we've ever done. Brandon Turner, man. Go back and give that one a listen. The man was in the car driving the whole time. <laughs> whole fucking time crazy came through for us when we needed him most man yeah even even took a pit stop for some fast food mid-interview <laughs> like we said mr hugo Ballack in the building this week pro for zero you know absolute montreal legend and you guys are gonna know why by the time this interview is over so hyped to finally have the little homie on the pod long overdue can't wait to be in Montreal next time for some epic smoothies, courtesy of Hugo. <laughs> Let's get into the interview, Daggy. There's only one thing left to do. 
I'm gonna make the call down to Maker or fuck it, you know, let's head in store. Downtown Queen of Spadina or if you're feeling like Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, I'm thinking a Dr. Pepperoni, a couple orders of wings, a couple bodegas, your favorite chocolate chip cookies and you know, just to top it off, a couple ginger ales, man. Maddie Matheson, tell them what we're working with down here at Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, y'all, let's get into the interview. Damn, bro, your belly must be looking like Maddie's after that order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take a look in the mirror. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here you go. You ready? Yes, sir. You nervous? A lot, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> you going to be able to do this? Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, we got Mr. Hugo Ballack in the building. What's cracking, man? Not much, guys. Stoked I'm doing this. Hyped to see you both. Congrats on the kid. Yes, sir. And yeah, I'm hyped I'm doing this. Yeah, it's basically both of our kid. <laughs> He's yeah. over here enough. Man. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the congrats. You know, I appreciate that, bro. Seifa doesn't deserve a congrats. Becoming an uncle was a big, big step in my <laughs> life. So, come on, dude. <laughs> nah, dog. So hyped to have our boy. Fucking, I don't even know how old we were when we met, but this is a long time, brother, and it's a, been a long time coming. We should have had you on years ago, but better late than never. Eh? This is a special one, man. Hell yeah, I'm stoked, man. Funny thing, first time I ever saw Seifa, I think I already told him, it was back in the days in those Toronto contests at this like West 49 thing or indoor contest. And Seifa was kind of known to be a big skater back in the days. And dude, so I was kind of shook by him seeing him and I kind of approached him like saying, what's up? And I'm pretty sure you cooked me out back in the days, dude. And that's the that's the earliest memory I have. It was like, in, dude, you in the indoor arena contest with like pros oh. all around the world. Yeah, yeah so the yeah, open yeah. Canadian open. Yeah, that's my the first time I saw Seifa, dude. Damn, uh, what'd I, you do, man? I don't remember at all. Dude, I was probably just you. Probably just saw me as a shitty kid saying hi. I would have done the same. <laughs> the first time I remember seeing you was at a different contest. It was at I'm <laughs> getting paid in Montreal. And Damn. they were doing like fly out Nolly backsmiths on the bump to rail. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's so trife. Like, <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. I, I did them a lot. You were actually. so young at the time. I did a, a lot of trife flat bar tricks, man. I just remember you were like so young, but you were like smoking darts. Like, <laughs> already had like a deep voice and, and doing Nolly backsmiths. So I was like, oh, this guy's dust. <laughs> he's he's got it. Dude, get out of here, man. <laughs> I always had a deep voice somehow, but man, yeah, started smoking at like 16 or 17, but I quit smoking six now, but now I vape like an idiot. <laughs> so it's even better. Uh, off to a good start, man. So here you yeah. go. You know what's coming, man. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. <laughs> my personal favorite skate moments and all that? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, dude. I would say the time, the best times I've ever had skating was back in the days, early dime days. We would stay six people in someone's attic in San Francisco and no one could stand. The roof was so low, but it was like the shittiest trife apartment that we stayed in an attic for a month in SF. But it was the funnest time we've ever had. Jeez. Just young, no job and skating every day and not worried about anything. That was sick times. And greatest sports moment. I played football when I was younger before skating. 
And I already won MVP of the defense team <laughs> one year, and that's about it. <laughs> that's perfect. So take us back to the beginning. Where'd you come up, and how'd you get into skating? So I grew up on the south shore of Montreal. So my brother used to have this shitty old Canadian tire Walmart board in the house. And once in a while, around like 10, 12, I used to grab it. And he would always take it away from me because it's like the older brother. Like I touch his things, he takes it away <laughs> type deal. And that's how I got introduced to skating. But then I started rollerblading. So I was <laughs> rollerblading. So I saw a skateboard, got on, but didn't get that stoked yet. And then I started getting so hyped on rollerblading. And got like for five years, was rollerblading hardcore. Went to street sessions, parks and all that. <laughs> But then at the end of my rollerblading days, I started skating too. So my dad would bring me to the skate park with rollerblades and a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just go half the sesh blading and half the sesh skating. And that's about it. And then on the South Shore Park, when I would always go blade, and that's when all the OG skaters, Antoine would be there sometimes. And I, he would know me as a blader, man, back in the days. <laughs> so, dude, <laughs> I went to the skate park. And I would get called down by everyone by blading. And at one point, I was just getting so overcalled down that I started just skating. So that's pretty much how I got involved, like introduced to skateboarding. Oh my god! Question for you, because I also started rollerblading, like like street blading or whatever, when I lived in yeah. Montreal, when I was probably like, I don't know, nine. And I used to go to rollerblade camp at Taj Mahal. Like, did you ever do that? I never went to the rollerblading camp, or did I? I was just imagining how funny it would have been if, like, obviously we wouldn't have known each other back then, but, like, if we were at rollerblade camp together without even knowing it back in the day. <laughs> that would have been amazing, but I never think we bladed together. That would have been yeah, sick, no, though. But, yo, I, I went to, like, the big O. Like, I, we went, did the whole Olympic stadium, like, with my camp. Like, well, they would take you out on, like, a yeah, day trip? One day of the week, it was, like, street blading and, like... You already know I was hitting the big on plates. <laughs> Holy fuck. So sick, dude. I actually went to this gnarly, like, like before, like, I, I'm getting paid off rollerblading over, like, Tampa Am of rollerblading at fucking the Olympic Stadium as a kid, too. And it was wild. What, what was your best trick? Oh, my God. Really? Dude. <laughs> really? I could do... I was doing on jumps, like, 540s, but then... Dude, I could grind rails and down hubbas. I would do the soul grinds. Dude, porn stars, Macios, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we had the, a contest at the end of the week. Like, everyone yeah. rollerblades all week. And then at the end, you do a contest and you can win some, like, prizes. Yeah. I remember doing a soul grind in my run and a 360 <laughs> Liu Kang. And that, that was, like, I was feeling nice. Dude, they had some weird fucking names in rollerblading. But, yeah. It was a fun, like, I got, I guess it introduced me to, like, skateboarding and all these, like, type of extreme sports as a kid that you see and you want to do, you know? Because it looks so fun and, like, dangerous, I guess. So, so I'm kind of stoked mm -hmm. I started blading. Yeah, no, same here, man. Shouts, shouts to blading. <laughs> but, man, I tried to keep this one out, but before blading, my dad bought me, like, this Hoffman BMX. And I wanted to BMX. Ooh. So, dude, I started BMXing also, but then I had... My dad, like an idiot, bought this like mint limited edition golden BMX on the <laughs> South Shore and I got it robbed. Like oh. two months later, someone came in my yard and stole it from me. 
<laughs> so bummed, but yeah. Dude, blessing in disguise. Yeah, that ended my BMX career. <laughs> so, with the end of your BMX career and your rollerblading <laughs> career, your skate career took off, man. What was your first big break in skateboarding? Dude, I think, so, like, what happened suddenly, so, I always loved skating and everything, and somehow, I used to always skate at Spin, like, the indoor skate park where all these contests are and all, and at one point, the owner told me if I wanted to ride for Element, and, like, I was a kid and didn't have any, like, always bought boards, well, my dad bought me boards or, and stuff <laughs> like that, and, dude, so... I got so hyped, like as a kid riding for Element, you know, like growing up to like all the like Element videos or whatsoever, like around the world, and they pretty they had a sick team as well. So, I guess Chad Albert hooked me up with Element, and the day I got on, like three days later or something, even like the next day, he tells me you want to go to Texas in two weeks, and dude, that's pretty much what ki I think kicked off everything of trips and yeah. So I got on Element and a week later I went to Texas and that was like the first ever trip with like home, like people you don't know just to go skateboard somewhere yeah. else than your city. So I think that's the pretty much what started everything, you know? Dude, so mm -hmm. sick. I remember that trip specifically. Dude, it was fun. Chalbert, Bitcoin. Well, yeah. Was. No, but our boy. Dude, he was sick. Tom Morrison was the filmer. Well, the Element Canada team was actually so dope. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mike it's Mains, all homies. Mike Mains went. Yeah. Nyjah Houston and Tosh were randomly there, I think. Yeah. But, dude, I forgot Thomas, too. We, I, I, that was the first time I met Thomas and heard so much about him, too. And he was such a, like, got along first try with him. It was fun, man. It was mm -hmm. great times. Chalbert, man, he was killing it for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. he made everything happen, man. Like, without him, I probably would not have started in that path like i don't know how to say that but like without him hooking it up i don't think it would have started that quick of me traveling and yeah. thinking of just skating you know mm -hmm. so i'm hyped yeah shout out to chalbert and uh Hell yeah derek swaim kick front feeble oh wow legend the like famous one yeah i don't know what the spot's called but yeah that you guys got a bunch of bangers like wasn't it dave nolan mike mains you Nija, fucking Derek Swaim, Nate Rolene, maybe? I can't remember. Nate Rolene was there, yeah. He was so sick, too. Nate was always a good skater. And there was Brendan Del Bianco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Epic trip, man. I, yeah, I remember Tom showing me the footy when, when he got home. It was sick. It was sick. So, Montreal, one of the greatest cities in the world. How did the city and the people you grew up skating with affect how you skate and kind of mold your skating you got one of the most unique bags of tricks i've ever seen doug <laughs> fuck thanks dude that's so weird i guess growing up my mom would always just draw me at skate parks and so weird to say but i just grew up learning at skate parks and like i was young my mom didn't want to let me skate in the city by myself or anything so i just literally grew up skating skate parks and somehow all the skate parks i grew up with had tranny and had started to have so much fun like growing up to learn in tranny and all that and i guess that's how i managed to kind of skate like transition and all that and after street skating i don't know i just found it was sick to skate all around like i still suck at ledges or can't do lines but i like <laughs> to get try to skate everything you know yeah no you you're the type of dude you could take to any spot and you'll figure out a way to get a clip which i always appreciated that about your skating yeah, I guess it's being picky. Like, I was always picky on myself for no reason. And 
always would assume that everything I did was not like the best. So I don't know. I would maybe try to find different ways to look at things maybe, but I always would try. I don't know. I'm just so hard on myself skating. So I always would try to find a way to look something look cool, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no, it's dope. Dude, you always crack me up though. I remember um, <laughs> like if, if you never skated with Hugo and you see his clips, <laughs> You'll be like, okay, this guy's like you switch 180 into the big old like insane hubba <laughs> thing. But if you ask if you ask him to do a switch 180 on flat, he might do it like one inch high. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so weird too, man. So much I feel like so many of the tricks I've done and all my friends know that too. It's like I would feel like I'd do a trick and someone would go, Did you ever do this on a box or something? And I would just say no, and I I wouldn't be able to do it on a box, but I can do it on this i don't know on a bag or some weird shit <laughs> you always find a way to get that clip daggy love it <laughs> yeah so hugo you've been a staple in the dime videos since the very first one how fun has it been being a part of the squad and watching it grow over the years dude it's sick man for sure like we started off as homies off like this stupid contest that it was a crew contest and I wasn't even involved in the first crew. It was just more OG writers than like none of you guys, I think, know of as well. And then it popped off from a few t-shirts, hoodies, and now look at them now. It's crazy. And for sure, throughout the years, like I've known them since I'm a kid. So for sure, we had our fuss, like, you know, like every human being, like it's not everything's perfect. For So for sure, sometimes we have these stupid arguments, but overall, it's dude, it's sick, man. They're so big now. Everybody in the world knows them, and it like it's sick. No doubt, yo. I find it sick to see them even now, even more and more. They're just blowing up more, so it's sick to see all my homies and all the crew just getting hype all over the world. You know? Hell yeah! It's pretty much like uh, like a skate crew's dream. Yeah. You know, like every like crew, every like bunch of skate kids growing up, they have their crew, they make their videos, and like you guys are legit living the dream, man. Dude, and straight off, like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, what we all wanted as a kid, you know? We wanted, like, growing up, you want to kind of be known, you know, when you're younger, skating. Like, that's, so that's what's sick. We wanted to be a crew, and we wanted people, I guess, to know us in a certain way of, like, just not only skating serious shit and kind of having fun and joking around while getting some mm-hmm. sick shit done, you know? So it's tight. Yeah. Dude, the, the first Dime video, I love them all, but the first one was just such a like cult classic like you can't watch that video and not laugh and get hyped on the skating at the same time yeah so good dude i i like a lot of the second one somehow but they're all good but yeah the first one that's like when we're like the most immature kids too that not <laughs> didn't care yeah. about nothing so that's i think we would just not give a fuck of anything what people saw about us so i think we just clown more you know yeah i mean you're jerking off mayonnaise onto a ledge and then antoine backtails through <laughs> so good dude and i guess i would always do this shit in front of the camera and i would always do it to make them laugh phil and antoine but i would still know they're gonna post it in the videos and every time i I would get so bummed but at the same time i just want to make him laugh so i was stoked doing it at the moment you know (laughs) yeah there's some rough clips of my childhood that i'm bummed man (laughs) yeah yo speaking of rough clips and uh, the dime videos, you had to know this was coming. We got to go behind the scenes on your legendary viral freakout on the uh, 
bank spot. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that spot called? Barry Banks? Barry Banks, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. What's the story from the man himself, yo? Take us behind the scenes. Dude, this is the full... The, this is the real story, man. The real deal right here, dude. <laughs> and, you know, this guy's gonna be hyped that I give him a shout-out too, man. He's gonna be waiting for it. So, dude, <laughs> back in the days, we had our friend Greg Berger, who was a filmer, but that never actually owned the camera. I lent him my camera for five years. And he... <laughs> And he was supposed to produce this movie that never came out for like nine years. So it was pretty <laughs> sick. But yo, on the real talk, Greg's the man. So dude, it was like 40 degrees in the summer. Hottest day in the summer. And I guess we went to skate this Berry Bank spa. That's, it's sick, but it's so hard to look good. It's gnarlier when you go there than it actually looks in footage. Oh yeah. So I wanted to just to like backside flip over just behind the pole technically just like a kickflip but just go behind the pole so i kind of do it sketchy first fucking try somehow do it and i see greg just smoking his dart with the camera down <laughs> and dude this guy this guy's the filmer man his job's to film <laughs> and this guy was just smoking his sig down just looking so i look at him so i got so bummed and then I, I'm like, okay, I'll try again. And like three hours later in like 42 degrees weather, I'm still not doing it. Wow. And I guess, yeah, that's what happened. At one point I was just getting over it. And then my head smashed the pole. And that's when I kind of whipped back. And then I was so pissed and I smashed the pole with my board and I fell in the bank. And then I just lost it. I was, I I never told, but I hated Greg for so... I never told him, but I hated him after that. <laughs> and then that clip haunted me for like... It still does. Like every... Still to this day, it popped. This is like 13 years ago. And it, every year, like someone tags me in this stupid like <laughs> compilation of fails. Every year. But dude, in the beginning, I was so bummed because everybody would repost it. And I was like, dude, I just look like an idiot screaming. And then... That you could find it like on YouTube, like double double aggressive skater fail, and just like look like oh look at this loser getting mad. It was just anyways, it was sick. Uh, dude, no exaggeration. You went full viral though, which is oh yeah, it's, it's cool. Dude. Man. It's, you're bringing think about it this way though. You're bringing laughter to like strangers around the world. Yeah. it's crazy. Still, and then it will like never end. Yeah, I know. And dude, so many, so, I don't know, so many TV shows re tried to hit me up for the clip, and yeah, I refused so, them all. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I wanted to, I wanted to ask a follow up question because shouts to Phil gave me a little more behind the scenes on what happened with the clip after. So, can you tell us what happened with uh, like Deer Dick hitting you up and all those dudes, all these people hitting you up, and like how you eventually sold the clip? <laughs> but dude, so. Phil, dude, funny thing is, we spoke about this a month ago. I was talking to Phil about this, and, like, there's, like, two different ends, but he has the best version. But technically, so, all these, like, first of all, it started, like, these stupid, like, Quebec fail shows, hitting me up for the clip, offering, like, 200 bucks and all that. In the beginning, I was, like, way too humiliated to, like, dude, I was, like, imagine on these shows, like, first of all, it's the best, like, it's the sickest bail of their show, and then it's... It's going to be people talking shit about me like, yo, look at this guy who has problems, you know, and I don't know. I didn't want, I yeah. didn't want to get like I'm so humiliated. And then like a uh, ridiculousness, the Durdek show, 
I guess they contacted like me and Phil a few times, and I'm pretty sure they even contacted Greg. And at one point, I think so, the guy, and I heard that at that point, Ridiculousness was like the number one, like, repeated show in the US. So, like, dude, they have money. And the guy's like, I'll, I'll sell you, like, I'll buy it off you for 250 <laughs> And I'm pretty sure how it goes. So, dude, I was like, fuck that. Like, 250 to get, like, humiliated. I'm not that down, you know? And after the guy's like, 500 bucks. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> but, dude, I'm, but after I'm think Phil, finally, Phil had, like, he, like, had the copyright. So then he wrote to the guy and he was trying to grab, like, a couple thousand. So... Now here, I don't want to go tell some different stories, but I'm pre- I was selling it out for 500 bucks while Phil was talking to the same guy on trying to sell it for like a couple thousands, you know? Because <laughs> they knew, like we knew it was going to be like the last, like the ender of the show or something, you know? So yeah. anyways, it's pretty sick. <laughs> but yeah, oh. we, I blew it or maybe Phil blew it. Or I don't know. <clears throat> Sounds like you blew it. Phil had a nice uh, deal going for a couple G's. And you took the uh, the quick five hundred, yeah. but dude, I wonder what happened to that. Like, why did they stop? Did he, do you think you ever took it without telling me, man? Because they, run, they randomly stopped emailing me for the last years, man. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Phil about that. <laughs> but yeah. Week after week after week, CHPO Brand is out here doing it for the people, and this week. It's getting even easier. Head over to chpobrand.com, find the Bunts logo on the website, screenshot, and send it over to us at thebuntlive at gmail.com. First one to do so is getting a box sent to your doorstep. We always tell you guys, CHPO Brand does it for the people, and they showing you week after week, man. So take us behind the scenes on the Nolly Front Heel Fakey Five O on the bank. Yeah, at Prefontaine Banks. So that pretty much was a. There was this contest that they brought this rolling to the spot, this massive rolling because it's kind of hard to push to. And yeah, I, I was trying to do some tricks for some cash, and then somehow. I did not. I learned back in those days a lot, like those nollie half cap switch nose grinds and all that stuff. And I guess banks. I always managed to try weird tricks on it, and somehow I just started trying that trick. And I remember it like kind of actually going in the first few tries, like flipping and almost locking it in the first few tries. And then I was almost getting it while the contest was like ten minutes to like almost ending. And then the contest ended, they went to the other spot, and I still kept trying that for like two and a half hours. <laughs> and then finally somehow managed to ro- yeah, to get it into right away from it. <laughs> Couldn't have been more perfect. Did Will film that? It was Will Cristofaro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had like this, G- like, I don't know what even camera he had, but yeah, he filmed it and kept filming it. So that was sick from his part, you know? Yeah, because yeah, obviously, like, it's in, I uh, can't remember which Dime video, but then I saw it's, like, Will posted it on YouTube, like, by itself. I was like, oh, shit, that's, I didn't know, because I knew Will filmed, but I didn't know he filmed that clip. It was so sick. Yeah, that was the clip. I was stoked on that trick. Kind of sicker that it wasn't, like, in the contest. Yeah, yeah. I would have actually been bummed if I did that in the contest, because it would have looked so shitty, and probably the footage would have not been usable. Yeah. yeah, that's such, like, a common thing 
when people do like insane tricks at like go skate day and you're like could you just like stop trying this and like come yeah. back another day yeah i totally understand and i, I should have but i was so in the moment of like so hyped at doing it so i just when everybody left i thought it was just like the perfect moment to kind of yeah. keep trying because now like i don't even think that many people saw me do it after when i did it because everyone was skating this like sh- the worst double set in the back of the park so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of sick yeah that was crazy take us behind the scenes on your ollie over the fucking insane rail into the like triple bank up oh, at the stadium oh, man <laughs> the yeah the fuck this story is pretty sick too man i'm sure they're gonna be bumped on it if i <laughs> so dude this spot <clears throat> somehow i like you could tell i like skating banks and all that and this spot was at like this like football stadium so it's like a dude i don't know it's like a 10 flat 10 flat 10 or even more stairs and i guess the first and on the side of it it's like a triple kink rail with like a triple bank and the first two banks are kind of perfectly like wide but the last bank is you got to go through like the rail and the wall so it's pretty deadly and you go pretty fast so pretty much we went tried to go skate there wait i think that day too i did like okay so now it's coming back so that day we went skating and somehow it was like the only day i did like a musket day in my life so the musket day was that we filmed like three clips in the day so dude that was it man it was like the only the most glorious day i've ever had skating like the musket day you know you would be hyped yeah and finally we end up going at that spot as the last spot and phil and antoine were there and dude they're gonna be bummed man but they always had these stupid arguments about filming or whatsoever and then we end up at the spot there and phil wants to film i think from down and antoine's like bitching at phil to film from like up the stairs while i'm trying to like concentrate to do the trick so i just hear them arguing like for 10 minutes like swearing at each other almost screaming from like the top to down like film it from up here and then phil you know how phil is he's like fuck it i'm filming it from down here so finally i end up doing it and i see like i see everyone stoked but i just see antoine kind of stoked but like doing the bum face because phil like he didn't film it from upstairs like up the stairs and then anyways but that was sick but then after it was just a fuss because they were still arguing that phil filmed it bad like anyway (laughs) but they still used it but there was the best arguments about where to film it but yeah that was sick dude i don't know if you remember this day fucking we went back when you got the photo you just bunted it you like ollied over and kicked it out a few times Got the- <laughs> <laughs> fuck dude that's a shitty call out dude right there. <laughs> no, whatever. Dude, that- yo that shit what? doesn't matter that shit doesn't matter that's the worst call out <laughs> yo I ca- i'm pretty sure i did it that day too man <laughs> <laughs> nah, if you do that thing there's no way in hell anyone's doing that twice but my point was just like that's one of those spots like i'm stoked that i got to see you try it because it's dude. literally like if you go look at that thing it's not like human it's so fucking gnarly there's so many ways you can die because at the bottom you go down this insane triple bank and then you have to go through a skinny thing and there's like a huge crack and like a sewer or something at the bottom i can't remember dude yeah and i rolled i think i rolled away i hit the sewer in the crack and i rolled away one foot like i was leaning i was on my front foot leaning and i rolled away from it too dude (laughs) so fucked 
Well, if anyone... Is it in the credits of one of the Dime videos? I'm trying to remember. Dude, it's either in the second or third one, but it's either in those one of those, those two movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find it. We'll get it on our Instagram. That was fucking legendary. Yeah, and I actually went back to look at it this year. But dude, they put like all these caps in front of it. But yeah, that spot's pretty gnarly. Like, I would not do it today, I think. Oh, yeah, no. That, that shit's fucked up, It's man. possible that them arguing distracted you enough to try it and do it. You know, sometimes <laughs> when you're trying something like sonar, you need the distraction. Yeah. Oh, I definitely needed the distraction. But that one was too intense because I was just looking at Phil and I was, like, thinking he's not going to film because there are anyways. It was just <laughs> a hectic... I hope they're not bummed, but, man, it was a good, hectic situation. And uh, you got the clip. You went back, got the bunted photo. It's perfect, man. Yeah, it was sick. <laughs> so you've ridden for about 38 board brands and 26 shoe brands. Who are you riding for these days? Have you finally found a, a solid home? Fu- oh, man. <laughs> 28. Man. Dude, I actually have, like, no sponsors right now, man. <laughs> That's, I have a... <laughs> Fuck this. This is depressing, man. No, I have this skate shop sponsor. That's pretty sick. I always grew up, the skate shop that I grew up with, that hook it up. But Dime hooks me up some gear, too. And one day we'll have some No Fear boards. But I actually, fuck. <laughs> no, I got weed sponsors now. So it's the sickest thing. But yeah, I'm getting nothing now. <laughs> Shit, cuz. It happens, man. Uh... Dude, I'm stoked. Like, it's... I rather that like I don't know I guess when you grow up skating you start skating for fun and all that and throughout the years being sponsored I don't know it just swells your head in certain ways and then mm-hmm. you just don't skate for fun anymore you know yeah yeah and uh, since I got back Sergio I'm just feeling like I don't know skating for fun's the best and just sucks not getting boards I wish I could have boards because buying boards or just mooching boards off everyone sucks but whatever <laughs> yeah no no definitely we we feel you over here man it's uh just gotta get some shit where you can when you can and appreciate it but it's funny because when we're kids and and we're getting all this free shit like i don't want to say we take it for granted because i obviously appreciated it but as soon as it's gone then you're like oh my god like i miss i miss that shit yeah i still could have so much gear and i like you say taking it for granted dude i used I would fucking trade half my packages for like sell them for money or just I would trade everything as a kid expecting <laughs> it would just always come back, you know? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Well, speaking of being sponsorless, a couple of years ago, there was a viral push to force the chief, Jamie Thomas, <laughs> to turn you pro for zero. And miraculously, it happened. Uh, you got surprised at the at the dime store. Can you take us behind the scenes on that whole experience for you? Dude, it was it was the sickest. I wrote for Zero. Like, I felt like I wrote for them for a week. Because <laughs> how <laughs> Jamie Thomas started following me. The Zero started following me. And then pretty much this whole thing was a joke. So it started off like, as a kid, I would always yell either Jamie or stuff like that, you know, to get us stoked. And I guess it threw out then to like we started saying force the chief and it <laughs> became like a movement on instagram and so many people would comment on jamie thomas his page or something like that to turn me pro and i guess <laughs> like dude social media won on that one and i guess jamie thomas ended up turning me pro 
for zero with like all the dime guys and introduced me to the team the next good day he texts me like what's your board size i'm gonna send you boards now like so <laughs> sick then i get boards and he's i got the roughest boards that i ever skated like the old warehouse boards that were probably left in there for months man i got the worst <laughs> zero package and yeah i was never i wasn't even skating or nothing so i wouldn't keep asking him in boards but it was sick fame for a week dude that was so sick like we were in montreal for that right yeah, at we, the contest when yeah. Jamie was there and he ollied the rail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sh- shouts to the chief because we already had him on the show at the time and we got to yeah. actually meet him in person. And that, that, that was a legendary. Yo, weekend. I actually fucking love JT, man. D- yeah. Dude, he's he hit me sick. up this week. He's like, he just listened to the Ryan Smith interview and you know he had to holler. Yeah. Wow. He's sick, dude. Like, man, chief, like, I grew up worshiping the chief, Absolutely. so I'm stoked. He, I back him fully. He just. I don't know. I don't think it would be my time. Like, it just wasn't the moment, the perfect moment for me to write this for zero. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, but I got to get one of those Hugo boards, man. He's got to reissue that or something. Yeah, seriously, I need one for the wall. That was one of the sickest, (laughs) when it actually happened, like, because I remember that viral, like, it was just force the chief, force the chief, everything on Instagram, and then, like, to actually be there when it happened at the party at the shop was so fucking sick. It's insane. Like, even though obviously everyone knew it was, like, a joke, it was still real. Like, there's still all these boards printed, approved by Jamie Thomas. Yeah. Like, the board isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's, like, it's a yeah. thing of history. Hugo had a pro zero board. <laughs> yeah. That's legend. Dude, the sickest thing about that is Dime, they were supposed... They did this, like... So, they did a party, and at one point, the whole night, there was, like, a countdown, or maybe, like, the last hour, there was a countdown for, like, a video. And I don't know what it was, you know, like, classic dime parties like could have been anything you know and i like i think the video starts in the first clip it's like me at like 15 smashing a lamp at like a hotel in tampa or something (laughs) and right there i'm like oh fuck dude here it goes man like at the party that i i i've been more chiller in the last year so i'm like oh dude so now all the runners and all that this it was a sick video but at the end Jamie Thomas pops on on the screen and he's like, Hugo Balik, like holding my board, talking about me and like, <laughs> welcome to the team, man. Like, congrats, <laughs> you deserve it. And it, then I turn around and I guess all the the board wall, it was just filled with those like Hugo Zero boards. It was, dude, it was the sickest night. And like, we all knew it was a joke, but so many people like thought it was real too. Like, even to this day, some people are like, yo, man. You're pro on zero, and I don't even want to go behind the story. So, so I'm like, yeah, man, like, we're just <laughs> ignoring this. Yeah, man, sick. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So you came in out of left field and got the pro nod. Were there any hard feelings <laughs> for our brother, J.S. Lapierre, who is the legit am for zero? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fuck, I love J.S. so much. But, dude, I don't think he would, like, he knew it was a joke, but I would assume, like, if it was other way around, I probably, like, I would have not been bummed, but this kid, like, he was so good, gave so much filming, like, dude, JS was the man, you know, like, he would skate like a man, skate big rails, big shit, fit zero, and then throughout the years, nothing happens with him, and then we do a force the chief <laughs> movement on fucking Instagram, <laughs> and I go pro on zero a month later, so... 
Like, I, I never, I'm sure, like, he was not bummed at me, but more bummed, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, that he's actually skating hard every fucking day, and mm-hmm. I didn't do shit for four years, and I turned pro on zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out, JS. We love you. Yeah, I love JS, man. <clears throat> um, so, you just mentioned it. The last four years or so, uh, you unfortunately had major issues with your foot that kept you off the board for the most part. Like you could kind of skate, but not really like you would be in super pain and shit. What did you do? What did you get up to? And where did you channel all that energy from skating into other stuff in life? Yeah, so it was pretty bad in the beginning, like classic injuries. And after it was sucked, it was brutal like my ankle is fucked and it's like i think it's all the injuries how some people like see it but i was partying all the time in the beginning classic like okay i'm depressed like i can't skate my ankle sucks like what's there to do in the city so i was like like was always drinking and then dude you know me man Safa and donald probably you see on me too man i suck at drinking i would be like the wildest guy by fucking eight o'clock and just be an idiot like loser drunk by 10 so yeah so at one point just like went less drinking and then the injury just realized like there's more more much more shit to do than just that you know so i guess started biking and then i started working also like a maniac i would just try to like keep my head focused on different things and not just think about skating you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's it's dude four years is a long time because i'd be with you yeah. and like you could skate a little bit but it'd be like you skate and then it's like you had 20 minutes before your foot was fucked like it's like a tease and you're dude. still trying to get a clip every once in a while and it's just like it wasn't happening yeah it's the worst dude and the worst feeling it's like i think you dealt with like the same situation that like I would like you could walk, you could do a kickflip, but then like after ten minutes, it would hurt so much. So it's even more of a tease than like if I was in a cast or something, you know? Because I feel yeah. like laying down, I thought I was able to go skate, and then, dude, I would skate ten minutes, and then I would have trouble walking for like a month, you know? Yeah, no, I know, I know the the exact same yeah. thing. And the worst is when your friends are like, "Yo, let's go do skate," and you're like, "I can't." And they're like, "I saw you skate yesterday." It's like, dude, you don't dude. understand. And yeah, I kind of, yeah, it sucks. Bro, well, one thing I'll tell you is it puts a smile on my face every time I see you skating again these days after the surgery, so... And fuck going yeah. fucking ham. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Thanks, man. While all that's going on, you got into the massage industry. Tell us a bit yeah. about that venture and what you're doing with it now. So yeah, dude, so after like not being able to skate, and I, I work in a restaurant after that, so I kind of wanted to go to school... And I did not know, like, what or anything. So I, like, subscribed back to university, followed a few classes, and still not knowing where it was going. And just started studying, like, the body and all that and biology. And it kind of got me intrigued about, like, a way to heal, like, people. And then I looked into, like, a sports therapist and all that and what, like, could be done with that. And I guess I got, after that, I went to, started to go into school caught up did school it took me like two and a half three years to finish it and now i just like recently before covid like a year ago started working in a clinic in westmount so it's sick it's kind of feels nice to be healing some people that like dealt with injuries or whatsoever and the best like i've dealt with them so i kind of know like how they feel you know Mm -hmm. and now covid kind of fucked everything here but i guess 
I'm I'm working, you know. But now with COVID, I can't do nothing. But whenever life is gonna restart here, I'll be good, you know. Dude, that's amazing, man. Proud of you. So you finally had surgery on your foot. It's been incredible to see you shredding again. We're so happy for you. How does it feel to be on the board again? Dude, it feels so so nice. Like I don't even know how to explain. It feels good, man. Like and I kind of. Like with the injury, I kind of got over skating. Like, I got over it. Like no, like in a way, because I couldn't skate or anything. So at the end, I was just didn't want nothing to do. Like didn't want to skate or anything. Really, was just bummed and never thought I would get back the juice on my ankle or whatsoever. So like restarting to skating felt so nice. But dude, I had to like battle the fear away. You know, <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, mm. I was just so scared of hurting it. It just kind of came back and it's sick man i missed it man dude i could see it like in the way you're skating like yeah. you're fucking hyped yeah and, and i almost like forgot like the watching happiness. all your footage yeah. yeah watching all your footage i'm like fuck you fuck. used to go so hard and then seeing what you're doing now again like you're fucking you could tell you're fully fuck. back thanks guys awesome. i appreciate it for sure and yeah dude i'm hyped hopefully get a one day get maybe a part out but yeah i'm just stoked to be skating man it's sick uh, how old are you now? I turned 30 this year in June, Woo! man. Yo, yeah. let's go. Big 3-0, man. That's crazy, man. You're like, I mean, you know when you're, <laughs> when you're younger, two years is so much, but now yeah. it's like, it's nothing. But Oh, I was like talking, thinking about that with, like you said, our friend Aiden just had a baby and it's like seven weeks difference yeah. and a baby yeah. is enormous. <laughs> and now it's like. For our age, it literally means nothing. Yeah, like even yeah. Fucking five years means nothing. <laughs> it's sick, but yeah, dude. Like, I'm 30, but at the same time, like younger too. I would be so scared of approaching. Like, dude, what's gonna happen when you're 30? You know, like you grow up on the mentality of school. Like at 30, yeah. you gotta have like kids. You have a kid, but you know, <laughs> but man, you gotta be have like a job for life. You know, you gotta have yeah. kids. You have your house, and it's like. I've never felt better, you know? Like, it's just an age. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm stoked to be 30 yeah. and skating. Like, I've never Hell felt yeah. better. We've debunked that myth, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever yeah. you want, whenever you want, bro. <laughs> exactly, <what> man. <laughs> we reserve this type of uh, segment for legends only. And we like to call it story time. So let's get a little story time with Hugo going, man. <laughs> Can you tell us about, first of all, your fake vegetarian ass? Tell us about your Mohoyad hot dog eating method back in the oh. day. So, dude, I stopped. Um, the Mohoyad one's good, too. So I stopped eating. I stopped eating meat somehow like 13, 14. I claimed or actually I claimed that I stopped eating meat. But, dude, I was like a vegetarian, but would eat the worst fucking food, like just poutines, French fries and just bad stuff for you. And then every time we'd go eat, I would buy hot dogs and just whip out the wiener and throw it on the ground, either some places or whatsoever. And because I was too shy to order like a hot dog without a sausage and I wouldn't tell them I'm a vegetarian or something. And I was just overeating poutines all the time. So sometimes I'd grab the hot dogs and just throw away the, the wiener and just eat them, you know? And do the whole bun. It's just a bun? What just you a bun. But the the bun, but like all dressed dog, man, like oh. <laughs> coleslaw, mustard, relish, extra onions. Dude, it was my classic when I was a kid, man. I used to do that all the time. 
Oh. And I think the Mahoyal too, I, dude, the, at one point I just, this one time we went to go grab the meals and I think this lady was like being a bitch to us and I just took out like the classic move of taking out the wiener and I just stuck them under like the bench and for <laughs> sure she, of the restaurant and like she for sure took them months to find that, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah, that was my classic move, man. The worst vegetarian. Dude, that's actually so disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. Like eating a hot dog without just eating a bun with relish and shit. Like, but dude, it was either that or poutine, man. And I was having like two, three poutines a day at that time. I think of my <laughs> life. Like, dude, I'm not kidding, man. Like, I would only uh, eat that. So, at one the, point, I was over it. So I would switch to the hot dog without a without the meat inside and just throw out the the hot dog it somewhere and just eat the bun. <laughs> oh, so much <laughs> gravy. Yeah. yeah so. Fuck. I blew it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, like in your younger days, you're saying, I mean, the people can probably gather you were a little annoying shit back in the day, crazy bastard. <laughs> but you wanted to sleep over at the homie Stefan Cooley sex crib, but you weren't allowed to sleep over unless you did a certain thing. What what, what the hell is that story? Dude, Stefan Cooley sex with Greg's burger roommate, the guy who blew the filming on the viral <laughs> clip. So, dude, I spent, like, my whole life there. Like, from 15 to, like, 19, I would sleep on this guy's couch from, like, Monday to Sunday throughout the summer. Just spent every day there. And I think, oh, dude, I remember Cooley said, yeah. So, dude, at one point, he got super bummed that I was always there. And I think at one point, was it the sandwich, dude? He was yeah, always yeah, making yeah. me, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, dude, this guy was trying to tell me, like, dude, you can't stay here anymore, like, as long, like, you can't be here for more than this. And then I think the first time, I'm like, yo, I'll just buy you a sandwich and we're chilling. He's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, I think, dude, and at that point, every time this guy was annoyed, or like, of me staying, he would come out with this excuse and I would just be like, dude, come on, I'll buy you some Dagwoods, big cheese. That was the name of the sandwich. And I would just buy him the sandwich and he would be stoked again. Then I could stay till he was bummed again <laughs> so sick yeah oh, fuck, big cool. cheese dude i would often too it was like two blocks away and i was like young lazy and started smoking weed too and this guy would go i would always make a deal that leo go grab it for me and i'll buy you one and dude this guy would go like four times a week for me to buy a sandwich and i would always buy him a sandwich too man that's some good rent payments that's, that's right easy there. rent yeah yeah oh so new year's eve you had a special glass of bacardi 151 fuck <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I think this one's too gnarly. All right. The one, oh, man. All right. So, dude, I never... Um, I can say it, man. So, dude, this one of my exes, we had this fucking betta fish. But, dude, this sounds brutal saying it, man. Like, I'm not like that. But, again, I was younger, drinking, not giving a fuck. And I want, just wanted to make my homies laugh. Like, I think that was my main goal. I always wanted to get people stoked and laugh and i just didn't think of the actions i was doing you know yeah. <laughs> dude shoe bad was in town he was oh, staying at my fuck. house for new year's phil all the guys were over and i don't know how the bed came but they didn't believe like dude they said can you chug the bed the fish man and <laughs> pretty much dude <laughs> we put the fish in a shot man of 151 like idiots <laughs> and fuck i drank the fish dude i'm sorry man <laughs> 
And then I puked it right out, thinking maybe like it could live. But put it back, but dude, man, I killed it first try. Like, that's the oh man, that's probably like the worst thing I've ever done, man. Oh. Probably not, but I'm sorry for that one, everyone, dude. It was, I thought it was gonna be funny at the moment, and then, dude, I was so bummed on that clip. And then, Phil, as a joke, we had group chat, sometimes he would post it in the group chat, and I would start stressing that some maybe posted, and I would always tell everyone to like dude i was losing it man i was so scared that clip would get seen one day you know and i'm yeah. pretty sure phil oh. still has it in his favorites you know like <laughs> like if you if you ask phil about it he'll find it in like 10 five seconds and show you it you know but you weren't but, trying to go viral for a second time but what what you left out was that your girlfriend was out of town or something and it was oh first. yes yes dude <laughs> okay man oh fuck i'm an idiot man so dude my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend was out of town and I'm pretty sure it was her fish in the beginning, man, or something like that. Like she bought it. So she gets back after New Year's. I'll just say it like that. It's better, man. So she gets back. I'm like, hey, what's up? How was your New Year's? Just talk. And then she goes in the kitchen and she realizes like there's a missing dude then i threw i threw the fishbowl out the window i think also <laughs> out the balcony like two stories down too so long now we'll go after she comes back and she's like where's the fish so i'm acting like oh fuck i didn't want to tell you like it's like what what happened i'm like dude I had the party, like, New Year's, had some friends over, and, and I don't remember if I told Phil knocked it. Yes, I'm pretty sure I'm like, man, I'm Phil not. No, I don't. I said someone knocked it over, and she goes like, bullshit, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I'm trying to convince her that someone knocked it over. And then while we're doing that, I started texting Phil because he knew her, and I knew she would have texted him. I'm like, yo, Phil, if she's text you about the fish or whatsoever <laughs> just say uh, the bowl broke and it died and dude she didn't believe me because she was like so what the bowl broke and the fish died like i'm like yeah she's like what do you mean like how did it die wasn't it like you could have she didn't believe i'm like dude i really don't know like the fish died falling on the ground <laughs> and dude i'm pretty sure she texted phil and phil backed me up on this story and yeah i convinced her that i fucking knocked over the bowl and yeah but man oh, to this day she doesn't know <laughs> Poor girl. she'll never know dude and man. oh thank god he got the fill you drank it in some bacardi 151 and puked it out man <laughs> yeah right. dude it's a gnarly way to go for a wolf fish yeah i blew it on that dude it sucks but man i was young and stupid you know and fuck it i don't have nothing to say man but that sucked <laughs> well, Peta's coming for your ass now, yo. Oh yeah. But yo, dude. I, at the time, I didn't know what it was, and then I got the the backstory, and uh, Phil sent me a screenshot of Will's Instagram, and Will posted on Instagram the screenshot, not the video, but a screenshot of you go yeah. drinking it, and it just says <laughs> knowers only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But dude, and, yeah, and I got so bummed, but I, I didn't want to push it like. Cause I'm always annoying, so I didn't want to start texting Will like, "Yo, don't post it." Then he would joke about, but like, I just let him let do it, go. you know. But yeah. nobody knows on that. Like, you can't really tell. But yeah, that video is wild, dude. Falling mm. over all over the ground, looking like an idiot. But <laughs> dude, I just wanted to make my friends laugh, man. I was stoked at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Uh, oh man, you guys up. Uh. Okay, can you tell us about the time when you were you had a long day of skating with the boys and then you hopped on the train to get home but then you hopped off the train and called Chuck crying. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So dude, again, I was a young I was so dumb younger. When I just think of it, I'm I was fucking stupid, dude, as a kid. So dude, I started buying scratchies, like scratch tickets and getting stoked on it. So I lived on like at my parents' house. So I was taking like the subway, the bus back to my parents' house. So I'm in the subway scratching this fucking ticket. And I guess I did like I thought it was I read the ticket wrong and I thought like Okay, scratch the symbols, like, the scratch these symbols, you win. But I didn't read that. They had to be lined up. So, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm scratching these tickets, man. This one ticket I'm scratching, and I'm like, oh, shit, I won, like, two bucks. Sick. Then I'm like, oh, I won three bucks. Then I'm, like, realizing that I'm winning every fucking prize on the ticket. So I'm like, dude, I thought, like, I got the jack, the like, the golden ticket that, like, I'm not just winning one prize. I'm winning all of them. So, dude, I'm in the metro. And I start, like, almost, like, jumping on my seat, like, shaking. And, like, I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy starts staring at me. I'm like, okay, man, like, I got to get out. Like, I'm too excited. And, man, this guy, like, I have a scratch ticket. And this guy's looking at me. I'm like, okay, fuck. Like, I got to get off. So, dude, I get out, like, I run to the exit, like, dialing Chuck's number, running to the exit, and I call Chuck, like, yo, dude, I just won, like, 40, uh, like, 35 grand or something, like, dude. <laughs> so, and, dude, I was, like, I had tears, man, I was, like, crying of joy, too, man, like, on the phone, crying of joy, like, yo, I just won this, like, dude, I'm probably gonna move an apartment next month, like, like dude, being a kid, thinking, like, but I was so hyped. I'm like, yeah, I won the lottery. I got it, dude. It's going to be sick. Yeah, like 40 grand, man. And then Chuck's with, like, Chuck's like, I guess he's like with other homies saying like, yo, Yuko won the lottery. And I guess Bob's like, (laughs) Bob, Bob, like Bob, like for sure right away. Like, no, dude, Yuko's an idiot. Bob texts me like, yo, send me the ticket. So I send him the ticket still too high like, to like shut him up. Like, here you go. Like, I want, dude. And then I just get calls like, dude, you're a fucking idiot, man. Like, did you read the ticket? I'm like, what do you mean? And I read it. And you have to get the symbols in a row. So I just, dude, I'm mistaken. And so every time I was scratching, I was unco- like uncovering a symbol thinking I was winning. But, dude, I, I won nothing. <laughs> like from $40,000 to nothing. And then I had to wait to get back on the metro to go home (laughs) yeah it's all time great story yo holy fuck fuck my head hurts now obviously bob had to hit you with the reality (laughs) yeah dude i got it it was the worst man worst did you think the guy on the subway was like gonna steal the ticket or something Dude, I was young, but I'm pretty sure, like, in the beginning, I, I for sure got off to call oh. Chuck, but I'm pretty sure I got off, too, because this guy was seeing me scratching it and, like, being too stoked, and then, like, I felt like he was looking at me weird, like, he knew, like, I had, like, something big, you know? So, dude, I got off for that, and then I got off, like, to call everyone to say, what, say I won 40000 and I'll probably grab an apartment in the next month. <laughs> 
So, like, dude, I'm gonna move out my parents, man. I got, a, I'm gonna got the money. <laughs> I'm dead. My chest hurts and I'm crying. Oh here, my! Know? But dude, oh, God. Yeah. the tears of joy in Studio E. <laughs> yeah. It was sick, dude. It must be sick winning the lottery, but fuck, that's the closest <laughs> time I came, dude. Oh, man. Dude, the saddest thing in the world would have been if that dude jumped you and, like, beat <laughs> yeah, you up dude. for the ticket. <laughs> and the, at least, man, that would have been sick because to this day, I thought I would have won that lottery ticket and I would have not got called out, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, but imagine the guy went out of his way to rob you for the ticket. <laughs> takes it yeah. home and it's a loser. Dude, nothing. You win yeah, nothing. Be a good prank. Yeah. Dude, it was such such a moment of fame, and then I got right kicked back to reality quick, <laughs> man. I was so hyped. You had to pay twice for the subway. Uh, dude, yeah. That was thank great. You. Thank you so much thank for you. that one. Yeah, yeah dude. And they still once in a while come back to this story, and I'm like, so bummed on that story too because like dude i felt like an idiot because chuck was with like all the boys as well so it's like not just a one-on-one it's like probably 10 people destroying me i'm a moron and oh. then yeah yes, whatever thank you, chuck thank you chuck for providing us with that gem. that is the best i've ever <laughs> yeah heard, he man. was the most hyped on it he's still stoked on it <laughs> fuck oh okay i guess we have to keep it moving all right hugo next up strip club in costa rica story <laughs> all right guys so dude so we went skating to costa rica back like this was maybe i was like 19 like this is like a while back me will marshall charles deshaun josh clark pretty sure it was brian cassie on that trip too and i'm sure i'm forgetting someone but these were the most important guys dude that's all we need to know so man <laughs> So, younger Costa Rica, you know, like, skate trip, but first, like, exotic skate trip that it's not only skating, you know? So, mm -hmm. at night, we definitely want to go out, have drinks and all. So, this, so we ask, like, the lobby, like, what's the safest, like, yo, there's a strip club, like, three blocks away, and there was a bar, like, two blocks away. And we asked the guy, like, what's the safest bar? Because we're in San Jose, like, the capital of Costa Rica, and I guess it's kind of sketchy at night. So, dude, the guy... Tells us, dude, the strip club's much more safer. There's more security, like less gangs. So we end up going to the strip club on the first night, and I'm, it was Will's birthday. So we started partying and all that. And I guess at like 12, or like it was one or something, and everyone's about to leave. And I still have a drink. I'm having a blast talking to everyone. And I guess I'm like, everyone's about to leave. I'm like, okay, perfect. I'll finish my drink and I'll meet you guys. Like two seconds, I'll probably meet you like on the next block. And dude, it ends up being like six in the morning, the first night that I chilled with the owners and the strippers <laughs> all fucking night. And I found out that the owner, his kid skated. So I like went to ran to grab a board and wheels or whatsoever for the owner, for his kid. So dude, that's the first night I chilled till six in the morning at the strip club by myself in Costa Rica. When I walk out, I had the fear, so scared of walking like by myself, but it was only three blocks, you know, but it was sick. <laughs> so dude, the next day, so it was Will's birthday at midnight. So the next day it's his birthday and all morning we're like, dude, tonight strip club part two, you know, like it's going to be sick. And then night comes and everyone's like, dude, uh, fuck it. It was a long day. So I'm, I'm like, dude, what are you guys talking about? It's Will's birthday. Let's go. Like <laughs> we're going to the strip club, dude. Like they're like trying to say we went yesterday. I'm like, dude. It's Will's birthday, trying to convince them. And finally, like, dude, they told us it was sketchy at night. So I guess 
I was trying to convince Will to go, so it was just me and him. I was trying to convince him, and then you could have seen he was kind of sketched out about just going me and him to the strip club. And I'm like, yo, dude, I know the owner. I brought him aboard. I know the stripper. He's like, dude, it's going to be sick. And he's like, still like, dude, fuck it. Like, it's just me and you. I'm like, okay, well, like, so it was three blocks away. So I'm like, dude, I'll pay you the tax, like the cab. I'll pay your entrance and I'll right whenever you want to leave, feel sketched out. I'll buy your, like, we'll leave, you know? He's like, okay. So I convince him, dude. So we take the taxi to the strip club, three blocks. <laughs> and I guess when we walk out, there's like three strippers and the owner that I chilled all night with. So when I walk out the cab, they, they all start screaming, you go! <laughs> they all start screaming my name, dude. And I was again there, like the moment of fame. Like, I told you, Will, this is going to be sick, man. And dude, Will at that point was like so hyped too, because like he was probably thinking I'm talking shit. And we get there, and the owner and these strippers start like screaming my name out loud, <laughs> so hyped that I was there. And yeah, so it ended up, dude, we were going so many times to that strip club and just chilling with strippers they're smoking like like we weren't grabbing dances or anything but they're just giving us drinks smoking their weed in the back too it was just fun Damn. times and be yeah with locals and strip club in costa rica man it was sick Dude, fuck it just became a joke how like yeah they knew fully my name we're so hyped but yeah that's the strip club story it just became a local there and it was sick bro why wasn't i on that trip damn it <laughs> dude you would have loved it there it was so fun that's fucking epic dude that's like actually dude all these stories are like such funny ones or like like turning pro for zero being like a legendary local at a strip club these are all things you can you know be on your deathbed when you're fucking 100 years old and be yeah. like hell yeah i did that and, I'm, yeah. and i was so that i'm pretty sure too i had my ex-girlfriend the same girlfriend that i swallowed the fish and told her that i broke the thing and i was like to all the guys like yo we never like i was like dude we cannot talk about strip clubs like we had an article in a mag i'm like dude we cannot mention this and, th and like i never told her i went to these strip clubs and i'm like dude we cannot say nothing but yeah it was the best time dude it was the fun times bro you fucking killed her fish in your mouth with bacardi and fucking Fuck. we're living at a strip club for like the whole trip <laughs> poor girl oh man imagine somehow she finds that like finds this thing on fuck dude oh if she listens to this it's a rap for you dog <laughs> man i was a piece of shit younger but whatever <laughs> yeah i got i got one story that i wanted to add to the story yeah. time that was just when I was thinking about doing the interview, I was like, yo, what's my favorite personal Hugo story? And it's such a random <laughs> one, but it's just, it cracks Which me one? Up. And uh, our, our boy Ty James will appreciate this one because we bring it up to this day, even though he wasn't there. He was, what? It, yeah. it, dude, it was so mellow. It just, it just was funny <laughs> to me. Like, it was just, we were all in Montreal, or I think, well, I mean, I was visiting, staying at Josh's old place. And you know when like so many people would always just end up chilling there in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. It was like the classic chilling spot. And you live like two seconds away. You came <laughs> over and let's say there's like six or seven of us there and you're just going up to everyone. You're like, yo, yo, give me two bucks and I guarantee epic smoothies coming. And you're like, yo, epic smooths. Yo, epic smooths. And everyone's just like kind of ignoring oh, you and like for like half an hour straight you just kept being like yo just give me a toonie i'm going to the grocery <laughs> store i guarantee epic smooths <laughs> and everyone's just like all right finally like 
you get enough toonies and go to the grocery store, come back with some fucking veggies, and chef up the duttiest smoothie I've ever had in my life. Shut the fuck up, It was dude, man. so trash. I, fuck oh you, man. There's no way it was trash, man. Come to my house now, dude. I bought a Vitamix la- last year, dude. I fucking do smoothies, man. Dude, it was too good because you were on such a mission. Like, I don't know what you... You were just like not even at your own house, but you wanted to pr- show everyone your smoothie game like at Josh's promising <laughs> epic smooths. <laughs> I was probably just didn't want to buy 20 bucks of fruits. And then I don't know why was I, I was trying to like, I don't even know, trying to front that I can do a nice smoothie for the boys. Like <laughs> I don't know what I'm, I was doing, but yeah. Kept I, saying, I would, Yo, epic smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think dude, that was like, a. I would try to always do that. Like, I think you were just that there that time, but I think I would always try to, bum money off people to buy fruits and do not bump just so everybody pitches in so we can have an epic smoothie <laughs> before the <laughs> sesh man <laughs> yeah no, that shit killed me because then uh our other homie ty james i don't know if you've ever met him but he was in no. toronto for a bit and i told him the story and then like we kept going to buy smoothies at this place every day and we'd be like Yo, epic smooths Yo. dude if you guys ever come back in the city, I'll bring you both a smoothie from my... <laughs> dude, I'm killing it now, man. Right. No, I, I believe that you're killing it now, but I, I promise you the one you made that day was pure trash. Fuck, I believe you too. Are you so chunky probably or something nasty, dude? <laughs> <laughs> For sure, dude. I flew oh, it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, my bad. <laughs> What's next for Mr. Hugo Ballack, man? What you got up your sleeve? Damn, so... Right now, with all this COVID situation, like, I've been working since March, and I don't know when's that going back, so I've been skating the most I can, and now, hopefully, when the COVID ends, I'm going to restart working at the clinic, and also, like, lately, I guess, with all the dime guys, they started letting me film some Instagram clips of, like, just the boys skating, because I'm back skating a lot with a bunch of guys, and most likely more on the sessions than those guys, because they're always busy, so... They gave me a little opportunity to start filming the boys and make it happen like on Instagram clips for their Instagram. So that's kind of cool. And we'll see, I guess, how that goes. I'm stoked just filming the boys and still be part in the game in a certain way, you know? So that's sick. Fuck yeah, brother. Sounds amazing. Good. I hope obviously yeah. COVID passes soon. You can get back on your massage tip. But this is actually like the perfect thing. You're back on your board and now you get to fucking just be on the sesh all the time yeah and it's definitely like i would love to like it's sick man it's like like you're saying you're always on the sesh and then you're always with the voice so it's like it's fun it's sick like i would like to be doing that longer you know it's just always be involved in skateboarding was typed like younger being a dream that you always want to be involved in skateboarding so i find it's a sick way to still be involved and filming's fun dude you get to witness some sick tricks you gather some homies to skate like it's fun you know Tell us a little bit about what what it's like now that if people in Montreal know that that you're taking care of that are the people uh, hitting you up left right and center to try and get some dime glory. <laughs> so yeah, dude. I think in the beginning I was like kind of like Antoine, Phil, and all the Guillaume and all they spoke about it. And in the beginning I was like, fuck. I was like, like is it gonna be weird? You know, like what's like people are gonna hit me up? Like is it, are they gonna maybe not be down for me to film? You know, but. I guess, like, in the beginning, just was always going filming with Alexi, and now, I don't know if you guys saw, but we started hooking up this little kid called Max on Dime 2, so I've been always skating with him, and I guess 
then they've been post like doing tricks and edits and i guess it the word just came out and now yeah man it's sick like a lot of people hit me up to go skate and i'm down dude you know so it's fun dude that's fucking perfect man back on the board back on the session we love it yeah yo 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 it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week as always we brought to you by the one and only dickies we talk in the original 874 work pant a classic in the skate game in the office place in the streets this pant works everywhere head over to dickies.com dickies.ca select your color and size and get fresh in these streets dickies all right hugo it's that time brother rapid fire you ready yeah man let's go favorite skater dude fuck antoine aslin screw it he's the best dude favorite video 1031 video we would watch it and praise it as kids man hell yeah favorite <laughs> video part oh man it's too gnarly just go with any sami Baka's parts i'm down <laughs> <laughs> favorite style tom knox has a sick ass style which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate there was Thomas Parent. We used to call him the president. Yeah. He was the sickest guy. For sure, I grew up like worshipping Antoine too. So for sure, I wanted to skate like Antoine, but that was too hard. And also <laughs> this other guy named Christian, Chris Montgenet. He was like the vert tranny god. And I think that's how I got stoked on skating tranny, you know? Hell yeah. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Eric Riedel. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, he was good, man. He was the best. Favorite trick? Just go no slight shove it, man. <laughs> Hardest trick for you? Fuck, any curb tricks. I can't skate ledges, curbs, or flat ground. I suck. Switch <laughs> flips. <laughs> Dude, I can't back tail a ledge. <laughs> like, yeah, any f- flat ground curb tricks or whatsoever. Tech tricks, I'm bad. Most illegal trick? I got pretty bummed on the 50 backside outs, to be honest, man. They're pretty getting out of hands and they're i don't know they're starting to get whack i find got played out a little bit yeah uh, favorite clip you've ever gotten i would say like we were saying that ollie was always a sick clip i was always st- stoked on and also at that prefront 10 banks i already did like a switch front five old big spin in and i was really hyped on that clip as a kid you yeah. ripped your underwear off <laughs> yeah yeah, dude. And man, my 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 package came out and I was so bummed that they were going to use that shot, dude, that my dick came out. And I think they cut it before, but I was so bummed, dude. I ripped my boxers off and while ripping it, I see my schlong popping out and I was, I, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get ruined, dude. But finally, I'm so happy they never used that. From the highest of uh, highs to the lowest of lows, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better than the feeling of getting a clip that you work hard for and then you ruin it for yourself with the dick out. And we're saying, yeah, it's going to be so funny to rip the boxers off. So, dude, after getting a trip, like, for sure, I got to rip him off with rage. And while ripping it, I just see it whip it out. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get so ruined on this clip. But luckily, they never did nothing with that, man. Because that would have sucked. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. Dude. Spencer, when he comes to Montreal, he's done some fucked up shit. There's so many good skaters that came in the city, but younger, dude, I swear, Ryan DeCenzo, somehow, he used to always come to Montreal, and one day he did, like, 
three of the craziest tricks in the city, like back to back to back. And that was like, I would say that was like, I remember being a kid and being like, dude, that is the craziest session yeah. I've ever witnessed, you know? Yeah. So I would say that, that I could remember, you know? What, what were the tricks? Dude, I'm pretty sure that day he did like kickback, nose blunt, gap to ledge. Yeah, fuck. And then he went to go skate that other rail, Camille Hood, that he did kickflip crook, this fucking 12-stair rail. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's either that day, but then he drove to the south. Like, anyways, in two days, he did like the gnarliest tricks. He did that front 360 over a bump oh to bar at a God, skate yeah. park. Yeah, 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 and he yeah. did fakie backside flip like into this pool, like this yeah. from the top in the same day. Like, those were pretty wild sessions. Dude, yeah, he's a beast, man. Hell yeah. Dude, yeah. What's the one trick that got away? Dude, so not like nothing really that like never landed or whatever. But since I was like maybe 16 at the subway station in Sherbrooke, like just downtown at a metro subway station, there's the craziest double, like a 15 flat 15 double bank. That's like four feet wide. And at the end, there's a pole. So you got to jump off before. And it's like a f 15 foot drop on the f it's crazy. But dude, I've always wanted to skate that. And I swear, like I live beside it. And every time I would come like back at home at night, I would look at it by myself and like actually think like, dude, all my homies know, like I've been claiming this Ollie for like 10, 12 years, man, but never tried it, but always said I'm going to do it one day. <laughs> yeah, you, you've showed it to me before that thing yeah i'm pretty sure fun. i did i showed it to everyone passing <laughs> by it dude. so hyped to claim it what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed so we were scanning gap to ledge and there was the big like it was during a contest dude won't mention names or <laughs> whatever on this one dude but man so we're skinning gap to ledge and the there was like this rumor that said like yo this guy flew in from vancouver he's gonna three flip crooks gap to ledge <laughs> And this was, like, back in the days that, like, fucking, like, McGraw, like, kicked back, tailed it. And you're like, fuck, that's sick, you know? Like, and people, yeah. like... Yeah. And, dude, so, like, the it was just the rumor. It's, like, this guy from Vancouver is going to three-flip crooked in an hour, you know? <laughs> so, dude, for sure, we, for sure we had to be at the sesh because we were like, dude, who the fuck is this idiot who never went to this spot and is claiming three-flip crooks on this ledge? Yeah. So, dude... It ended up being the biggest bunt I've ever seen, but it was sick, man. <laughs> like the guy dude, he wasn't didn't even come. Anyways, oh, the guy fully shit. bunted, but it was sick because it was like thirty people knew about it. Like, yo, this guy's coming to three foot crooked, <laughs> and dude, it was everyone was like, I'm sure everyone was just there to see it bunt, you know, and just to be like, told you so or something. But yeah, it was a sick sesh. Oh, that's so sick, bro. You gotta give us a name. Are you kidding me? Fuck, man. <laughs> Dude, you guys, I don't, I don't know. Sean Lowe, man. <laughs> that guy who used to write for G-Shock or something, but it was sick. And, dude, like, he was approaching it. Like, dude, with that speed, he was approaching it. I couldn't even clear, like, a two-stair. And he was trying to three. Anyways, it was bad, man. But it was a sick bun. Like, the guy probably, like, thought, like, yeah, I'm the man. I'm claiming this without seeing it. And just be ended up being a joker the whole sesh, you know? Oh, fuck. <laughs> But it was sick. Oh, that's gold. <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? I learned Nolly Hill nose manis, dude. I've never done that in my life, man. I oh, suck dude, at manis. pipe? <laughs> yeah. Yo, that was so I'm not, like, sick. yeah. I've that was the first time I ever did that, and I think that would be like one of the newest tricks like I've learned that I'm hyped on. Oh yeah. 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 When you listen to this, people, uh, go to Hugo's Instagram. He'll be tagged, obviously, from the trailer. <laughs> he. 
That was like one of the first things you posted. He does like a sick ass nolly heel nose manny, this like volcano quarter pipe, quarter pipe thing. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Hopefully get some followers too. That's the only reason I did this, to gain some <laughs> followers. <laughs> What's your dream job after skating? Dude, to be honest, I would like to keep doing this like sports therapy thing and actually build a clientele and be doing that for the rest of my life. It's, it's sick, man. Boom. There you go, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Jay. Favorite local brand? <laughs> That's too easy. Like, dive, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, yeah, dive for sure. Favorite local skater? Dude, right now I'm fanning out on this, like, Max Wazungu kid, man. Like, again, I was telling you, it's that new... He's been starting to get dime gear and all, but I think he's, like, one of the future in, like, Montreal or whatever, man. This kid's so talented, so right now I would say he's, like, one of my favorite skaters, dude, because he's too sick. Shit you guys put out together at the skate park the other day was beast. He's definitely got the yeah. ski. <laughs> That 180 switch crook on the curve ledge is mm-hmm. fucking nuts. Dude, he's like freshly 17 and like, dude, this kid's so good. And, you know, usually at a, at, when you're a kid, you still have like a little style. Like you got to improve your style. But I yeah, feel like yeah. this kid's already got this grown ass man style. And like, hopefully it'll be popping for him because he deserves everything. And he's got his head on his shoulders, you know? Fuck yeah. We'll be looking out for Max for sure, yo. Good shout out. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? <laughs> <laughs> probably element footwear dude that's a rough one man that was brutal man but dude i would get like they would send like 12 15 pairs of shoes a month and then i would just trade them for weed man i swear this guy from my town would have like 60 pairs of me man like by it was fuck dude he sent me a photo once and he had like 60 70 pairs of shoes from me like he had to buy a closet just for my shoes like it was fuck this guy but yeah, that that's was a, a pretty rough good one. sponsor to have, no? Yeah, it's basically yeah. free weed for you. That's true. And dude, <laughs> we won't get. But then once I got in an argument, like in a big fight with him, and he thought he was he was gonna try to bring me to court because it was saying not for reselling all the shoes. <laughs> so this guy was trying to. He said, "I'm gonna bring you in court for selling me these shoes." And finally, <laughs> it didn't happen. But the guy was a fucking idiot. It's like, dude, first of all, you're a drug dealer, and you're gonna try to bring me to court. Like this guy was an idiot, man. <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Alexi, man. Alexi Lacroix, he's the man, dude. And I just recently got a kid too, so congratulations for that. But, dude, he's an amazing skater, man. And just everything, all vibes. He's always down for adventures, skating, anything, dude. So he's the one guy to roll with the most, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, we got to get him on one of these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legend. Worst teammate ever. To this day, this guy's one of my best friends. He's done so much for me, and probably without him, I wouldn't be where I was at skating, you know? He's done way too much. So I would say, worst teammate, fucking Phil Lavoie, man. Damn! We would always get into these dumb arguments. Anyone who knows us knows about these typical weed fights we would get in and all this bullshit. Worst company. Dude, all these new, like, footwear companies, like, state footwear and all this shit. I'm sorry, but those are, here you go, those are shit, dude. It's got a state facts or, like, filament or whatsoever, those weird, fuck, I don't know what, how does that go, but those look pretty shitty, man. Worst trend? I think, not trends, but just kids trying to copy trends, so now they just look always like shit. I think the one I don't like much is fucking... Those saggy ass pants with the loose boxers. Like, 
little white kids with fucking the saggiest pants, the loosest boxers, the belts that are all trying to copy other styles. You know, like, it just, that's a bad trend right now. Feel you. Worst style. Shit. There's so many people I would love to name drop on this one, but I don't want to fucking destroy people's lives by saying their style is shit. But anyways, me and Phil Lavois as kids, we would find out with so much golden shit to say and for an era of our lives we would love to say let's say phil got a trick and i would be like man phil that was really sick reminds me of the prime days of christian's vitak <laughs> and then Legend. let's say i would get a trick he would come up to me like yo that was sick man reminds me of a young patrick melcher oh, there's so many people Savages. but yeah we would roast each other with all the dark star team like man phil you look good you kind of remind me of geek kempfen so yeah those were good man last person you want on the sesh this one's kind of mean but fuck last person you would want on the sesh i would say eric riedel man he was the best he was the best skater best guy legend but man riedel on the sesh you would have to known him to know how he was he was just you would have to babysit him the whole time you would go skate skate down the street you would lose him try to find him for an hour then he would be back. He would needed to go grab food, needed to go to the liquor store, needed always, there was always something with Riedel. And yeah, Riedel, a period of his life, he would just make friends with random people. So then he would go skating. <laughs> he would have his ho random homie that's like the weirdest guy on the sesh and just Sounds like typical Riedel stuff, man. I love him <laughs> to death, but sometimes he was hard to deal with, but he was the best. Just like me, I'm probably fucking so hard to deal with, but whatever. Hell yeah, bro. Big legend. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with the <laughs> one and only Hugo. Thank you again, man. Hell yeah, guys. I'm stoked we did this interview and really hyped. Hopefully it turns out good and I just don't sound too much of an idiot, man. <laughs> Have a great night of both of you guys. You're the GOAT. That was an instant classic. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Love you. Thank you, guys. Anytime. This is the post office brought to you by the one and only Dickies. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets. Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. First up, we got a voice note from the one and only Brandon Ortiz. Let's take a listen. Yo, boys, just checking in from Orlando where currently wet as hell because this tropical storm doesn't know whether it wants to make landfall or not yet just keeps going back and forth first off shout out to plus skate shop and no hotels for that local watering hole video they dropped a little bit ago you can peep it on thrasher if you haven't shit is fire second off i wanted to comment on the man child situation uh shouts to vincent alvarez because he actually brought it up i've been wondering since safe originally called man child out if anybody's gonna bring it up in an interview or not so definitely respect him for that but at the end of the day i do still agree with safe on this because i was actually at tampa when that shit happened and obviously i wasn't at the contest safe was at so i couldn't speak on it before that but seeing it live at tampa during multiple people's runs i mean it was exactly as he described it originally so knowing that seeing it in real life you're just like dude what the fuck man kind of blowing it right now i don't know hopefully at the end of the day like you guys said he can just learn from it and grow all right peace
hey man good on vincent alvarez you know for sticking up for his boy or you know just bringing it up in general if anyone was to talk shit about my homie or you know call him out on a podcast i would do the same so i didn't expect any less from vincent but you ain't gonna change our mind just because it's an unpopular opinion yeah real talk man i'm uh that shit's in the past man done with that shit let's move on yo Alright, next up we've got an email from Tom Barry. I recently started listening to The Bunt back in March when lockdown kicked in and have been pleasantly surprised season after season with the improvements to production, quality of interviews, and guests. Keep up the amazing work. Also, a big congrats to Donovan and your family on welcoming your baby boy into the world. Truly amazing. My wife and I had our daughter a year ago, and it sounds cliche, but it's been the best thing ever. Life-changing in the best way. As with becoming a dad, you start to realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. Recently, I've been taking that perspective into my views on skating and what's okay and what's not. For example, for years, I wouldn't think twice about waxing a ledge or skating a bank in front of someone's house. But now I see it differently and refrain from skating hell spots out of respect to the family living there. Not trying to throw any shade at skaters that do skate hell spots, just seeking to get your perspective on the topic. What do you guys think? Is it ever okay to skate someone's house? Thanks. I I got no problem skating someone's house, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I don't own a house personally. So back in my first childhood home, we had a sick like uh, little ledge that went down the driveway. And my mom would get pissed at me for skating that shit. So I can understand why it would suck for the homeowner to have someone skate their house. But I never even thought about it, really. Yeah, I think our opinions might change on that if we, uh, if when we become homeowners one day in this stupid expensive city. But uh, I think there's there's different types of spots, right? I wouldn't, I would try and stay away from like grinding a ledge that might chip away or like some expensive tile or whatever the fuck. But if it's a rail, those are easy to repaint. And if it's a gap, you're not really damaging anything. Like. I could handle the noise complaint aspect, but if you're damaging some shit, I might try and stay away from that. But uh, I'm also not trying to call anyone out, man. Like, I'm sure I've fucking grinded some shit on some people's properties when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, just just try and be respectful. But, you know, paint that rail if you grind it. Mm, and Classic. Like, remember, remember Karan, like, he popped shove a gap when he was here but that was just like a someone's pro, like seven stair into the street <laughs> yeah like that's that's fine you know if the person comes out because the noise is bothering them like whatever just leave but if you're actually doing damage then maybe think twice yeah if you're doing damage like like you said paint it i mean you're not gonna fucking fix the concrete or anything but just yeah. be respectful you know and Tom, maybe knock on the door first if that's the route you want to take. But yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, if you look at a place like San Francisco, half the spots are in people's houses. Yeah, for sure. So, but but we also we understand where you're coming from, hundred percent. Next up, we got an email from Nuno Silva. Hey guys, love the show. It keeps me busy on my hour-long daily commute to work. It's sick to hear people being that passionate about this beautiful thing that is the wheelie stick. 
and speak their mind openly about it too. None of that good homie positive BS. That shit's as whack as Nigel's leggings. So thank you for doing it for the people. My question, however, is would you rather skate the mega ramp like Bob Burnquist, but only be allowed to skate the mega ramp for the rest of your life? Or skate like Tiago, but you have to dress like Richie Jackson for the rest of your life? Or rock Nigel's leggings on the sesh? All the best to you guys and stay safe in these crazy times. Oh, that's a funny one. I mean, it would be Bob Burnquist for sure. You get to skate like Bob Burnquist. So I get his skills in my body. No problem. But you no, but you only can skate the mega ramp for the rest of your life. That's fine, yo. I can't dress like Richie Jackson ever. So Dude, that's a no brainer for me. I don't think you listen to the or part. I would wear I would have Tiago's skill and wear Nija's leggings all day. I'm surprised you didn't try to find a way around it to make this question work for you like you usually do in Would You Rathers. So I'm proud of you for that, man. You're gonna rock Nija's short shorts with his leggings. And skate Hell like yeah. Tiago. And skate like Tiago. <laughs> Yo, even just to do, even just to skate flat ground with Tiago's pop. Oh, <laughs> do you know what you would look like in leggings? Remember that time you tried on those Brixton shorts that were too small? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll deal with that shit, man. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be out here doing. Get that booty hanging out, dog. Nolly crooking like five flat five flat five things and well, shit. Then i'll be doing tray flip 50 across the mega ramp onto the flat bar yeah and then i'd be like hey donald want to play skate on flat over here and you'd be like oh sorry i'm stuck on this fucking mega ramp <laughs> sorry i'll fucking switch backside ollie on this fucking quarter pipe that's 50 feet in the air all right moving right along next up we got an email from jb from dc What's cracking, Bunt Gang? Before I get to my question, I wanted to pass along some useful advice as a peace offering from the United States. Whenever you fly on a plane, never wear shorts. Have you ever worn shorts on the plane? Hell no. Yeah. You don't know what kind of dirty motherfucker you might be seated next to who will spread wide and rub his nasty shit on your legs. Conversely, whenever you hit up the strip club, you should always wear shorts. Even when it's in the dead, butt-ass cold, middle of Canadian winter. Insane, you say? Not when the lovely lady giving you your floor dance sees the opening to hook your junk. (laughs) If that don't warm you up, nothing will. You can thank me later. So speaking of gear, here's my question. I'm curious about your setups, specifically how they've changed over the years. Have you followed trends and made adjustments accordingly? Or has aging into dusty old men dictated your changes? Peace and love, JB from DC. Bruv, you know I'm the dustiest when it comes to my setups. Like, the other day, I was asking you what size... I don't even... I was like, yo, what size trucks do I ride? You're like, yo, we can get some trucks. And I'm like, uh... Whatever the ones that go with an... I'm like, oh no, I was like, do I skate 825? I'm like, I think I skate 825. And you're like, yeah, I think so too. I'm like, yeah, whatever trucks go with that. I'm not a setup nerd at all. But you you get into it like... We both switched to hollow trucks. That was a huge change for us. Yeah, I guess. But that was just a recommendation from Bobby, wasn't it? No, I think it was from Wade, actually. But yeah, that was a huge change for us. I noticed, like, I I really like the lighter setup. Um, My wheels have gotten 
a little bit bigger. I remember when we were young, we would skate like 49s or 50s, and now we both rock in like 52s. You have, uh, what are those fucking things called? Riser pads now, too. Yeah, that's because I can't, I don't know what you were skating before. I was skating indies for forever, and they were driving me crazy. And then I switched to Thunders, but they're a little lower. The Thunder highs are lower than indie highs. So, Bobby, that was the Bobby recommendation was throw some risers on there. So, yeah, like our setups 10 years ago was like a 7.5, and then we went to 7.75, and that was like big. And then gradually went bigger and bigger even though like our feet didn't get bigger so i'm an 825 with 52 spitfires and thunder hollows with risers yeah so there you just answered the question why are you try to front like you didn't know what was going grip. on yeah but i don't like i don't know trip. one thing that will never change is probably the shoes we skate so we way too far gone to start messing with that stuff yeah all right next up we got an email from Justin Maruco. Boys, it's the Bunt's number one Celtics fan writing in for the first time in a while. This whole season has been a barn burner as usual. However, I have to say, as a fan that listens to the finish, the rundown has been a bit of a letdown. But things are heating up in the NBA offseason with CP3 headed to the Suns, the draft around the corner, and lots of teams looking to improve. Let's get some free agent trade predictions. And Dono, how much did you like that Brady Gronk action this past week? Um, first of all, Justin, I hate to admit this, but I think you're right, man. But I also think sports has just been so strange. Uh, everything's just been so strange. We haven't put the same pizzazz that we like to on the rundown. But hopefully we'll pop it off for you this week and you'll be happy. Well, we came back in like the weirdest place. I think it was the Stanley Cup had already been awarded or something. The, we were in the NBA Finals. And then we also kind of have the thought in the back of our head, like, is the season even going to be finished? You know, like, should we put that much effort into the sports when it could just be canceled at any moment? But yeah, you're right. The man's right. <laughs> And you know I love that Brady to Gronk, man. It's been good seeing them back in action. The only thing that worries me about them is when they played New Orleans. That's been two terrible games, but Tampa Bay is looking, they looking fire. Yeah, we'll save our um, free agent and trade predictions. Well, I mean, shit, that shit already popped off. So we'll talk about that in this rundown instead of answering it here. But thanks for uh, calling us out and keeping us on our toes, Justin. All right, last email for this week is from Doug Richardson. Hey, boys, the Ryan DeCenzo episode got me thinking about brothers in skateboarding like Ryan and Scott. Do you think it benefits to have a brother that skates? Having brothers know how competitive bros can be, but unfortunately, neither of my brothers skated, so maybe it makes sense why I suck so bad. I have two little boys that are three and one, and I can only hope they can get the enjoyment out of skateboarding that I did and still do. Keep up the good work. Congrats, D. Jones, on the baby. Doug from Halifax. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I never had a brother either. You didn't either. So I guess we can't really answer that. But I would imagine it would make you a little bit more competitive, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, not only did we not have a brother, but, like, to have a brother doesn't necessarily mean they're going to skate either. So do we, do we have any friends who have brothers that skate? 
uh, Jacob and Jesse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were they competitive, you think? I don't think Jesse cared ever. Yeah, they were. They skated so different, too. Yeah. Tough for us to say, man. Um, me and Seifa were never competitive, that's for sure. Maybe I'll just have to have another son, and then I'll find out if they're competitive and get back to you, bro. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Get your emails and, most importantly, your voice notes into the buntlive at gmail.com. Shouts out to everybody still listening. Y'all true bunk gang. This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Brought to you by Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner. The only buzz. We've been talking about football for eight weeks straight, man. It's time. We have a plethora of NBA news to unpack. Ghost, you ready? Bruh. I've never been so ready to not talk about football. It's just <laughs> been a fucking nightmare of a fantasy season. Bring on the NBA. So the two top dogs in this free agency class still out there, still available. Super quick, tell me what you think these two guys are going to do. Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram. <laughs> they stay in put? Of course. That, that's not even a topic, is it? Shit. Oh, Brandon Ingram could. Someone could sign him to a... To uh, an offer sheet, I guess. Nah, he ain't going nowhere. Well, I mean, I would be shocked if he did. I feel like... Actually, they lost Drew Holiday. Imagine he bounced and the Pelicans were just dust. <laughs> you just said it's not a topic, man. But he'll probably stay put with Zion. The next two are super interesting. Fred Van Vliet and Gordon Hayward, man. One of them stayed home. One of them left. But I think... The deals should be swapped, don't you? What do you mean? Oh, like how much money they got? <laughs> four years, eighty-five million in T dot for Freddie. Four years, hundred and twenty million in Charlotte for Gordon. When he opted out of his thirty million, thirty-four million to stay in Boston, <clears throat> my initial reaction was you're insane. But then I remembered these guys never opt out of deals unless they have something. You know, they say it's free agency starts at that time, but everyone's getting deals done behind closed doors. <clears throat> I should have known. I mean, of course, Charlotte's the, the team to overpay is, is I don't want to call him dusty, but I just saw a tweet the other day. It was like Gordon Hayward converted one Western Conference all-star appearance into back-to-back -back contracts resulting in 228 million oh my god and you know what if he'd never gotten hurt i'm sure he'd be well worth that money but i'm pretty sure all he, he signed, does is get hurt now. yeah he signed for 128 i think in boston the first time around and that was a good deal at the time and then obviously we all know what happened with his foot and then sadly Every time he's back and starts to look like himself a bit, he gets hurt again. And it, it really sucks. Like, there's nothing worse than injuries, especially back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back injuries. But the fact that he was able to secure $120 million, I'm happy for him and his family. But as a Charlotte's fan, I would be bummed. Like, i just been seeing MJ getting roasted all over Twitter. Is MJ the worst owner in, in the NBA right now? Like, that was a he terrible, might be, terrible the, deal. The most shocking thing about it was they shot themselves in the foot so hard with the Batum deal. 
So you remember Batum had a, everyone had a great year that last year in Portland where it was mm-hmm. uh, Batum, Wesley Matthews, uh, what's the homie who's in San Antonio now? LaMarcus. LaMarcus. They all had career years and they, they went far, but then Wesley tore his Achilles and like they were like kind of a, a Western Conference finals contender slash maybe dark shot to make the finals. And then Wesley Matthews, Wesley tore his Achilles and it was a wrap, right? And they yeah. lost. And all those dudes went and signed huge deals. Like they just had something special that year. And uh, Batum was one of them. And Charlotte gave him, I think, 120 million for four or five years. I can't remember now. Horrible. And they've been waiting, horrible. waiting for years to get yeah. out from under that. And then they just did it to themselves again. They f- Dude, they just they just waved him the other day. And the crazy thing is they have a pretty good backcourt already in Terry Rozier and um, the fantasy darling from last season off the wire. I forget his name. Oh, uh, yeah. Not yeah. PJ Washington, the other Fuck. one. The little homie. Fuck. Yeah, he we're, was killing it, though. We're but anyways, <laughs> now they're stuck with Gordon Hayward for well, four years. It could be worse. But let's talk about Fred Van Vliet a little bit. They still got the same backcourt. No, Hayward pl- is going to play the three. Yeah. But I'm saying they could have, they should have maybe looked for something else. Like maybe they should have went and got this next guy we're going to talk about after we touch on Fred Van Vliet. Four years, 85 million. Fred Van Vliet came out in the media and said he wanted the bag, man, which led people to think, you know, maybe he's going to, he's going to have to go somewhere else. But Bobby Webster got the deal done, man. It's a good play for the Raptors. Yeah, I'm hyped. The money, the like the money was in a nice range, you know, like tw- just over 20 mil a year, which sounds crazy. And maybe it is crazy with the cap coming down and everything. But when you see the deals like the Gordon Haywards, you're just like, okay. Dude, the Marcus Morris deals, yeah, all of them. Yeah, Davis yeah. Bertans deal. Like, oh yeah. What was his? I didn't see his. Five years, 80 mil to stay in Washington. Oh dude, I'm hyped on that though. Like, yeah, he's a good spot for him, and they wanted to keep him around. But that's a lot of fucking money. I thought Fred Van Vliet was going to go somewhere that wasn't the best basketball team, but he was going to get 30 mil a year. Yeah. I thought that's what he 30, wanted. 30, are you crazy? Hey, <laughs> Gordon Hayward, anything's possible. Yeah, that is true. And Fred Van Vliet's a champion. Um, yo, shout out Bertans. I didn't see that one. You know I, I love that dude. We both do. He's a fucking beast, and he didn't go to the bubble to get that deal essentially or secure it mm-hmm. um they want to take that risk washington washington could be nice next year man they drafted some some good young guys well john wall wants out did you see yeah i did like if john wall stays and beal stays bertans is back like, i feel like beal's been waiting for years for this guy to come fucking back yeah. and now it's the summer oh it's not summer I guess it's the fall before the season starts and the guy wants out for fuck's sakes. But what are you going to do? Let's keep it moving, man. Bogdan Bogdanovich looked to be going to the Milwaukee Bucks on a side and trade, but I guess the deal fell through. I'm not sure how they fucked that up. But the Atlanta Hawks have signed into a $72 million offer sheet. The Kittings have the opportunity to match. Do you think they will or do you think he'd be better off in Atlanta? Yeah, I think he's going to boogie, man. Uh, the Kings the Kings drafted well. I, I think it's time for them to just have one of those parting of the ways where they're both better off for it. 
Yeah. There's something they about They kind of like, held him back last year, too. They yeah. don't want to see him succeed. But they the kind of hold everyone back like they did with Buddy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, him and Buddy healed. Like, they get big minutes at the expense of each other. Mm-hmm. But then, like, Buddy healed's in the doghouse. And then... It makes no sense. Yeah, just... Uh, one of them had to go... Buddy Heald should get as much run as he can take. I know. Well, he is, I think it's probably defensively is why they get mad at him. But Luke Walton, man, <laughs> people get fucking... Uh, the Kings fans aren't happy with him. But anyways, uh, yeah, him going to the Hawks is cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> best of luck. The Hawks, yo, the Hawks in five years, they might be like conference... Uh, final like you know perennial second round third round kind of team we'll see i like their young core so moving along to a guy me and you absolutely loved last year this guy was gonna win a lot of people a lot of fantasy basketball championships if we got to it the free agent 25 year old christian wood our boy woody got out of detroit Landing in Houston, three years, 41 million. Got a little bag on his way out, too. This is the guy I would have liked to see end up in a place like Charlotte with that money they gave to Gordon. Yeah, huge, huge signing. I think Houston's going to be horrible. And, well, I mean, assuming Harden leaves and Westbrook leaves. Uh, but the team is going to suck and they're not going to be a playoff team. They're going to start the rebuild, Christian Wood is a great first piece to mm-hmm. add uh and as much as they're gonna suck in real life christian wood is gonna be a great fantasy asset so uh oh he's gonna into, be huge if you're into fantasy basketball make sure you draft christian wood maybe even reach a little bit whatever his uh, adp is yeah go one round early this, he's gonna get a lot of run he's a big guy he can shoot he can do it all. He was gonna get us. He was gonna make us some money last year, man. <sighs> yeah, big Woody. <laughs> <laughs> so we lost two of our own boys, Sergi Baca, leaving, going down there to link up with Kawhi, and Marcus going down there to link up with LeBron. Part of a little, you know, rebuild and freshening up in our locker room but extremely sad to see those two guys go ants one cue the violins man (laughs) yeah man honestly it hurts it sucks sergi baka yo i absolutely love that guy marcus all too but uh we all know well if you don't know (laughs) go watch all of sergi baka's content off the court his uh, fashion show and his How Hungry Are You YouTube shows are insane. This is going to be tremendous for his career off the court, being down in L.A. I'm sure he's going to have sponsorships and all types of shit through the ass. But, man, all you can do is say thank you to those guys. They're leaving on the best of terms with the Raptors. Uh, go get your paper and enjoy that Cali sun. You'll be missed. So the Lakers not only added Marcus Soule, they added Montrez Harrell, re-signed Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and added Dennis Schroeder. It's an embarrassment of riches down there, man. Yeah, and fucking my boy Clay Thompson tore his Achilles, man. I'm just and, well, they lost Rajon Rondo. but Yeah, he went to the Hawks off that championship buzz. I think he got 15 mil for two years. Yeah, he was in the teens. I like to see Rondo keep getting that paper because I'm still 
sad about him missing out on a massive extension when he tore his ACL with the Celtics. <clears throat> Seemed like he was going to be out of the league a couple times, to be honest, but uh, good mm -hmm. to see Rondo still kicking. To replace those two big guys, we got Aaron Baines, man. What can we expect <laughs> here? <laughs> yeah, he actually had some good games fantasy-wise last year anyways. But yeah, well, Aiden was suspended for like 20 games, and Baines was actually... <laughs> no, he, Baines did a great job, so... He'll be all right. Him and, him and Boucher. Boucher re-signed. He's got room to grow, I guess you call it. Yeah, Boucher could be a dark horse fantasy stud, too. This wasn't a free agency signing, but a nice pickup, if I don't say so myself. Robert Covington going to Portland. Not a bad ad. They could use a guy like that. Most definitely, man. Portland, they never get the flashy names going there. Oh, they re-signed Mello on a minimum deal as well. So That's perfect. Fuck yes to Mello, still in the NBA. Uh, but yeah, Covington, I love, absolutely love the signing. They, they basically swapped out Ariza for a younger version of Ariza. AKA mm -hmm. streakiest fucking three point shooter in the game. Uh, great defensive players and uh, just more youth, man. So I love that one. So give me one team and one team only that you thought did the best in free agency and in trading and at the draft. And what team did the worst? Well, the, <laughs> the worst, it goes without saying, uh, it's got to be Charlotte. It remains to be seen yeah. if LaMelo, you know, lives up to the hype or not. But, like, I think LaMelo Ball's boom-bust potential is through the roof. Like, he could be a massive bust or he could be a generational talent. So, hopefully it's the latter. Because imagine having a fucking dust, like, you know, never the same Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball as your first round pick who ends up not oh, you don't want that living up to the hype that that franchise could be in trouble for a long time it's, it's gonna be all on pj washington's shoulders <laughs> oh uh, god and then the best shit man we might have a new answer next week because we'll see if james harden gets out of town but any team that lands james harden automatically Gets the W on that one. But for now... 100%. Uh, I really like what Portland's done. And I hate to say it, but I like what the Lakers have done. Just reinforcing their already championship caliber team. And what about what Milwaukee's done? You know they're in a tough oh, spot. Oh, fuck. We didn't two, talk about two, that. Uh, yeah. Two early exits from the playoffs when they seemingly ran over everyone in the regular season management is in a tough spot you got to sell your assets and you got to go for it not only to try to win with the window open but to try to keep Giannis around and they made a huge splash man they got Drew Holiday ended up losing out on Bogdan not sure how that happened but it's a big piece man dude we completely yeah forgot about that one it's funny because uh I saw some funny like Twitter shit where it was like Giannis needs reinforcements and then it was like the Bucks signed Bobby Portis and I forget who the other person <laughs> was. Tory Craig. Max so Duster. Yeah. They got Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Tory Craig. Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. guys that uh, they could have done better. Yeah, but they got Drew Holiday, so That's huge. That's fucking huge. Uh I'm excited to see that. Like they're gonna be an absolute defensive juggernaut 
if uh, everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any last words for the rundown this week other than shouts to our boy Donovan Mitchell for getting that bag? Uh, Jason Tatum got 195 mil. Shouts to you on that bag. Before we wrap this up, I thought Marcus Soul was retiring and moving back to Spain. And last time I checked, Los Angeles is not in Spain. Hey, man, if you can go to the defending champ and possibly leave the NBA with uh, one more ring, why not tough it out for one more season? All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt. Make sure you get your emails and, most importantly, voice notes into thebuntlive at gmail.com for next week. Peace, y'all. Oh, 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 oh,